This is a podcast from Partnerships for Wellbeing. Hello and welcome to Ways to Wellbeing, coming to you hot and happening from our studios in Well Street in Inverness. Yeah, here in the beautiful Highlands of Scotland. Oh, the beautiful Highlands of Scotland. I love that enthusiasm. I mean, it's a gorgeous day out there, isn't it? It is, it is. And, and the view of the chimney pots across the street, <laughs> uh, but I'm sure there's mountains behind that. <laughs> anyway, anyway, introductions. You're Nicola McKenzie. And you're Jeff Zinsky. I am indeed. And isn't it glorious to be freed from the shackles of cameras and YouTube and all of that? I am very much loving the fact that there are no cameras on us right now. I mean, you've got your lunch down your shirt and I don't have to pretend to be cheery. Well, this lunch I'm saving for later on. And, you know, I don't even know why I bothered to comb my hair this morning. But you did bother to comb your hair. Did yes, you? this is it combed. Oh, sorry. Quafford sorry, here, sorry. Nicola. Quafford. <laughs> anyway, so what we're doing now is a bit of a catch-up for um, new listeners or new listener or if anybody's out there. Because up until this month, we have been on YouTube and Facebook and we, we've been a, let's say it's a video phenomenon. Yeah, well, I mean, that's pushing it slightly. Well, but maybe overselling a little bit, but <laughs> we've been on video. And now we're... On Spotify, Audible, Podbean, and as they say in the podcasting world, wherever you get your podcasts. (laughs) So if you are a new listener, what have you been missing? Absolutely nothing. No, it says here, well, you've been missing this wee show, Ways to Wellbeing. It's all about well-being and its widest sense. Yeah, we like to inform you of what's going on here at Partnerships for Wellbeing from week to week, month to month. And we tell you about our health walks, about our community transport service, about our new book club, uh, so many other things we're doing as well. And we're lucky enough to have some special guests along the way too. Special guests. So for this edition, we want to give you some choice cuts, choice cuts from our first programmes, from our Envision days, the old days. Uh, (laughs) So where to start? I think we should start with walking. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is indeed one of our core services here at Partnerships for Wellbeing. And who better to tell us about the benefits of walking than Professor Nanette Mutri from the University of Edinburgh. Let's start with a very famous quote uh, from uh, an epidemiological professor, Jerry Morris, who did the original study that started off the whole area of physical activity for health when he compared the work of bus conductors in London to the work of bus drivers who were very sedentary and told us that the bus drivers were much more at risk of coronary heart disease than the bus conductors who were moving about the bus. Of course, we don't have that now, so we can't really repeat that study. But this kicked off the whole field of physical activity for health. And then not too long after that, that same Jerry Morris wrote a paper in which he said, walking is the nearest thing to perfect exercise. And by this he meant it uses all the major muscle groups. So you use your arms, you use your core muscles because you're holding yourself on balance as you make steps. And of course you, 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 you use your leg muscles. So he said, it's the nearest thing to perfect exercise. But of course, we've had a ton of research since then. So one of the things I often say is that walking is the best buy for public health, meaning that if we're going to promote physical activity, the best thing we can promote is walking because it has the biggest reach into the population. 
more people can walk than do any other mode of activity. Some people love sport, some people love swimming, some people love cycling, but many, many more people are walking. So we've got evidence for that now. It's the most popular mode of activity and it provides all the same benefits as any moderate and moderately intense activity. Uh, so it definitely can prevent and treat and this is the magical bit for me about physical activity and walking it both prevents and treats some conditions uh, in Scotland this could be coronary heart disease so regular physical activity it could be walking can both prevent and then if you're unfortunate enough to get that disease help treat coronary heart disease the same is true for type 2 diabetes prevent and treat the same is true for some cancers now, breast cancer, colon cancer, regular physical activity, which could be walking, prevents and treats these cancers. That's you, Nanette Mutri there. Do you know, I love walking. I, I really, I've always loved walking, you know, but at the moment I've got a bit of a problem um, with my trousers at the moment because okay. um, I don't know if I should say this on, on microphone or not. <laughs> Regrets I have of you, um, but I'm I'm transitioning at the moment. You're transitioning. Yes, I'm transitioning, and can you tell us more? Or should I explain that maybe? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> you see, I'm transitioning between trouser sizes oh, okay. uh, because I'm trying to lose weight, and what happens when I get to this stage is that because I've got too much of a beard gut, um, even when I pull my belt tighter, because I've got all these kind of wobbly bits, <laughs> it's like. <laughs> How can I describe it? It's like tying a ribbon around a jelly. Oh, yeah. wow, what an image. <laughs> <laughs> it really is embarrassing. You know, I once actually dropped my trousers completely uh, in a busy airport. You uh, dropped your trousers in yeah, the airport? Yeah, they felt very, yes, because I was going through security and the guy made me take my belt off and I was going through one of these transitional phases, you know, <laughs> and my trousers just dropped completely to my ankles. Oh, wow, know? how um, embarrassing. And the guy, he just looked at me with... Disdain and disgust, I think uh, it's fair <laughs> to say. And he said, I think you should get some braces. <laughs> Who knew he was a dentist? <laughs> oh, God. I think we should move on. Indeed. Uh, we had our guest, Nicola Crean, coming in to talk to us about her Confidence Academy. She uh, uses the techniques that she learned in her fashion model career mm -hmm. to instill some confidence in teenagers, young children. Yeah, she was brilliant. Obviously, I've been in the modelling industry for over 20 years, so I know all about the unhealthy conditioning that comes from modelling. For example, now I'm classed as plus size, which is crazy. You know, there's still a lot of things that need to be fixed in that industry. And that's one of the reasons I set the academy up, was to, you know, create a healthier environment that actually your value... Um, especially now, you know, back when I started, there was no social media. You know, if you were getting bullied, it was on the way to school. Now it's rife all over social media. And it was about teaching these young people that actually do not do not determine your own self-worth and validate yourself based on the opinions of others or how you look. You know, whether it's a like on a post or whatever, it, it's, a, it's about building these kids up from the inside out. And I, and I spend a lot of time and put my heart and soul into making sure that when they get to the catwalk stage, you know, when they're in the room with everyone there, that isn't even a thing. Like, they're, they're not even thinking about what is she going to be thinking about me or do, do I look good? They, they, they feel great 
and they know that they regardless whether their hair is perfect or they might have put on a bit of weight it doesn't matter they feel great about themselves and that really comes across and it's such a beautiful thing to watch it's, it's an amazing transformation and I think because I remember it's funny how things stick in your head isn't it I remember when one of the guys that bullied me must have been about 10 sort of hitting teenage years and he said to me oh you've went from an ugly duckling and you're turning into a beautiful swan and it sort of I felt horrible as a child and no child should ever be made to feel that way. And, and that's what I've always wanted to do is just to um, make every child feel special and loved and important, no matter how they look. Are you a confident person? Absolutely not. You see, I find that quite strange because you said that quite a few times. And yet I think confidence is one of those things that's, that's in the eye of the beholder. Do you think? I think so, because I think people looking at you from the outside would see a young, confident woman who's perfectly capable of appearing on daft podcasts like this <laughs> and uh, being on YouTube, who holds down a steady job. You Just know, about, yeah. Who works most of the time <coughs> in that steady job. <laughs> and, uh, you know, but I've seen you, you, you are so friendly. Uh, you can talk to anybody, you know, the drivers, the volunteers come in, you know. Yeah. Or, uh, other charity workers and adjoining offices. You are so sociable and yet you th- you yourself think of yourself as not confident yeah mm-hmm. it's interesting isn't it how you're perceived versus how you feel i definitely don't feel confident but i suppose it's quite good that y- i would appear to be confident you know you can wing it and get away with it we're all winging it to some extent i think, think so we might be yeah do you know i was a journalist for many years and i had no problem like calling politicians and you know prime ministers and things like that yeah but you know what? i hate phoning i hate phoning for a pizza really i don't know i just get I just get unfathomably nervous. Oh, wow. And I, my wife always says, will you phone? I'm like, mm, don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> Do you avoid it? Yeah, yeah. But I end up doing it, you know. It's yeah. okay once I start, you know. Yeah. But, and she also says, I've got this other thing I do that when the door goes... I, I, I say I'll get it you know with I do this little humming a nervous humming going to go, oh. go hmm, 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 hmm. <laughs> weird that is weird we've got these little kind of traits anyway so I think we're all winging it to uh, to some extent you know but yeah. uh, maybe have you been on uh, that catwalk yeah maybe Cream oh. when you were a youngster I mean the very thought I mean no thank you but yeah she yeah. would have I'm sure turned that around for me and I would have been confident by the end of learning all of her techniques yeah you and I can't walk do you know I once <laughs> I once spent several hours getting high with a model did you yeah it was oh it was a Airfix Spitfire <laughs> and the glue that you use in those kits it really sends you high no wonder they were so popular with kids yeah. so I got high with a model Nicola Cream was a laugh though, wasn't she? Yeah, she was, yeah. And yeah. so too was comedian Julia Sutherland. Julia Sutherland, yes, that's yeah. right, I remember. Mm-hmm. She came in to tell us about her experience of the menopause and how she's using that to provide some laughter, giggles, some thoughts amongst her audience. Yeah, well, of course, there's a bit of exaggeration for effect, but um, quite often I find things that happen to me that don't, requ- in fact, require the opposite to make them believable. Um, yeah, I think that I I have probably very little shame, which makes it easy for me to kind of share <laughs> some of the more embarrassing things that have happened to me in a way that maybe other people couldn't wouldn't ever dream of, never mind on stage in front of a, a, a crowd full of people. Um, I think, I don't know, I'm sort of learning where the line is. I definitely think when I went through, you know, personal relationship breakdowns and, and, and divorce and everything, that was when I started to think, hmm, 
um, is it fair to talk about this kind of stuff because it does involve somebody else? And and that felt that that might be where the line was when when it affected some when it when it was someone else's life that I was talking about, not just my own. Uh, with uh, Jeff knows that you know my comedy um, has always been about my own experiences and and trying to share those and. And we did a, a number of shows together um, for Radio Scotland, which were all about kind of using comedy to tackle difficult, taboo subjects, things that you wouldn't normally expect to talk about. We were wanting people to laugh about and by kind of shining a light into these dark places, it kind of diffuses some of that um, tension, helps people to, to talk about difficult things and, and also know that they're not alone. And I think I've always tried to do a bit of that with my comedy, kind of go, oh, look at me, this is what I've done. You know, it, it don't, don't feel so bad if, if that's you too. Um, but over lockdown, I definitely have felt like that even more so. Like now I kind of feel like if I'm going to get up on stage and I'm going to talk to people and, and make jokes, I want it to be meaningful. I want it to be something that actually is making a difference um, in terms of saying something that's not being said elsewhere. So I am sort of trying to think about what I talk about and, and whether that might be menopause, whether that might be, you know, more on the mental health, which we have definitely talked about in the past. Well, I think it's something that affects us throughout our life. And you, you sort of start to look back and you think, what opportunities have I maybe missed out on because of the effect that hormones were having on me at that particular time? If you had a job interview when you were at a stage in your cycle where you're not able to cope as well or you don't work as well under pressure and you're not performing as well, you, you sort of put that down to just being you. And in actual fact, it's not it's not fair, is it, when um, yeah. we're impacted negatively in a way that, that perhaps men aren't? Yeah, so, totally. um, yeah, you do sort of think about what, you know, what, what effect does it have on your whole life and your the opportunities that you have as well. Julia Sutherland there. And our next guest, um, I think I think you remember, we both found her not just inspiring, but awe-inspiring. Absolutely, I mean, yeah. Talk about confidence, you know. Leslie Robertson it was, who, I can't remember the formal name of her charity in Hamilton, but she runs the junior playgroup and cafe for families there and she's clearly someone who never takes no for an answer absolutely uh, and who never lets anyone anyone tell her that something is impossible all that happened was i had a baby and i was going to be on my own with this child and to be told that i was going to be all these statistics that wasn't me i thought no so it's, the ambition drives me in the sense of, I always have been business-minded, as I've said, but when you start something that everybody tells you isn't going to work, you know, before I got the charitable status, all the big business folk told me it wouldn't work. In fact, a woman, a woman told me to give out my cheque back to the lottery that I had no chance of it, of it ever working. So when you do something and it works and it has an impact and it helps other people and then you do something else, and that also works. People look forward to going on holiday. People look forward to a glass of wine on a Friday night. I get a buzz out of creating businesses and bringing my ideas that work. Um, and that's where my ambition comes from. But I was actually thinking about this um, last night because we, we spoke about it. Another thing that drives me as well is my life could have been very different. I could have been one of them mums that needed help. I've just been lucky um, that I've been given an opportunity. And with the opportunity that I've been given, I don't think that anything that I do is out of the ordinary. I think that if you were given the opportunity and the place to be able to do it, 
that that you would you would do it. And I suppose another thing that drives me, like all the other parents out there, it's just me. So, um, you know, I want my son to have a nice life. I want to have a nice life. And like us, like all us parents, we do the best we can for our kids. So, yep, being able to run the business and use my business brain while helping folk is a great drive. My ideas working and being ambitious is a great drive but also doing the right thing with my son as, as a drive as well. Leslie Robertson there. And finally, this is somebody who caught us both off guard. She I did, she yeah. Did, um, when we asked her to take our famous five ways to well-being challenge. So to explain that for our new listener, uh, the five ways to well-being challenge, this is uh, something that the, the NHS kind of recommend five ways to well-being and those five ways include um, physical activity physical activity mindfulness learning a new skill um, and connecting with people and the last one giving to others yeah and when we asked our guest it was Helga Mellon McFarlane who is the author of a book called Just Wobbling Along a brilliant brilliant book it really is and it's about her experience living with Parkinson's disease so we asked her for the final, for one of those questions, um, if she'd ever been kind to anyone in the past week. And do you know, <laughs> I was convinced she was going for extra points. I mean, she would have got all of the extra points from me for, with her answer. It was brilliant. Well, as matter of fact, in about five hours' time today, I am welcoming to Aberdeen an Afghan refugee family who I'm very, very proud to be giving accommodation to to help them start a new life in Aberdeen. So it's it's a super exciting day for me to be able to do that. Wow, that's excellent. I think you've kind of overreached the mark here. (laughs) We were looking for, like, help someone across the road, put 10 pence in a charity tin. You know. Why? Well, she's trying to get extra points. I mean, if I could give you a double point, I would, but I don't think Beth will be <laughs> quite so Helga Meller McFarlane there. And of course, the topic of refugees is at the front and centre of our mind at the moment. Absolutely. So that's it for this edition. Hopefully, um, a useful catch up uh, gives you a flavour, a hope of what we do here at Ways to Wellbeing. Um, so, from me, Jess Zinsky. And me, Nicola McKenzie. Bye for now. Uh, you went in too fast. See, I was going to come in with you and do that. Oh, so, so do a countdown. Yeah. So, three, two, one. Bye for now. See, I didn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> Bye for now. <laughs>